live from Cape Town. This is the voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM. Madrasa on A. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on A, the Hajj edition. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson and I've got in studio with me none other than Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. You are probably sitting by the radio with your notes waiting for Sheikh to do a recap as to where we stopped yesterday. But for now I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to give us a greeting inshallah as well as doing the opening dua. Sheikh, assalamualaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, how are you doing this afternoon? Fine, alhamdulillah. How's yourself and Yasmin? Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, I think with further ado we can head on to our opening dua inshallah as well as giving us a recap as to where we stopped yesterday. Shukran jazakallah. Thanks for that one and Yasmina. الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعد رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه كولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, all thanks and praises due to Allah always and forever. And love and salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger of Allah to have sent to be able to guide us on this path of our life to become the best of human beings. May Allah grant us to be worthy of that. And may Allah grant us to be able to fulfill that to the best of our abilities. Ameen. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah. Uh, 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 we can only but thank Allah for this great favor. But before we actually go into the uh, uh, recap, allow me to be able to make or let us make the opening dua collectively. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, ar-rahmanirrahim, maliki yawmiddin, iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'een. اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوك والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقينا أذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين ما شاء الله الحمد لله as for the recapping of where we've been الحمد لله we're busy in the Hajj of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa looking at the understanding of that, how the Nabi did it, and how Jabir 
for that matter, is the one who Jabir ibn Abdullah is the one who is giving us the exposure of this. We mentioned as to what happens in the process of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to the process of of uh, um, Makkah, entered into Makkah, and the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam constantly on the journey giving the reminder of khudu anni manasikakum la adli la adri la adli la ahujju ba'da ami hada sorry for that one uh, the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam giving that reminder of taking your pattern your hajj for when you and i perform the hajj that we need to do it exactly as the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has done we've gone to the extent the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered into makkah we say the way he came in the way he entered into the uh, the baytul at the baytullah the way, into, way he entered in the moment he saw the kaaba he raised his hands recited um the allahumma antas salam wa minkas salam wa adkhilnal jannata daras salam and he said these words, raising his hands for the first time. Never have they seen him raising his hands and say, saying those words, because those are the common words that he said. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam in every salah. After every salah, he said it, and this is the first time they saw the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying these words, adding to it wa adhinal jannatadar salam, and raising his hands when he said that. They after the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the takbir, the takbir. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam entered into the mataf and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us the lesson of having to walk to fill in into the uh, the, the uh, into the flow of this, uh, the people around the Kaaba and not to go against the grain because that was not sensible, it's not Islamic, it's not notable. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not do it, so it's not expected of any of us that we should be doing that because then we cause bottlenecks and we make life, life uncomfortable for ourselves and for everybody else. May Allah protect that we do not be of those people. And, and, and then we've gone to the process of how the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went around the Kaaba and the du'as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made when he entered in. And the niyyah for the ihram starting at the Hajjul Aswad, the greeting, the Hajjul Aswad. And then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went around the Kaaba. And, and we indicated to us that how we saw the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam changing this method of not repeating the same du'as and the same words at the same time so that it may not become a specific du'a that we make. And so you can make these du'as in, 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 in any order and you simply you can also add what you want to and because the purpose of tawaf is in actual fact a means for you and i to communicate with allah to talk to allah to open up allah wants us to speak and to speak and to speak and to speak and not stop speaking opening up and speaking to allah and begging of allah and asking of allah and having that intimacy and realizing our fortune and appreciating and showing allah to our gratitude and our, uh, and our appreciation and thanking Allah and glorifying Allah, all this is what Allah wants from us as a means and that we keep connection with Allah and we make the Baytullah the most important aspect during our Hajj. That it is the reason why we came. Allah, the, the purpose is not the Kaaba. The Kaaba is not the important aspect. We honor and revere the Kaaba because Allah has sent it. But the Kaaba is the means for the Hujaj to be able to make connection with 
Allah. So Allah is the objective, the objection, uh, the objective that we want to reach. Allah is the one that we want to have the intimacy with. Allah, not the Kaaba. The Kaaba is the means to that. Like for instance, I want to go to a certain place. And I have a car that I drive. The car is not important. The car is the vehicle that takes me there. Right? But the, ob- the place where I need to get to is my objective. The similarly here, the objective to be able to get to Allah is through the Kaaba. So I need to be able to say, Allah to learn the Holy Quran. That man owes to Allah the Hajj to the Baytullah. Why to the Baytullah? Is the Baytullah the important? No, no, no. The Baytullah is the Baytullah. It's something which Allah has granted to us, but it's the vehicle to Allah when we're going to, 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 to Makkah. Similarly, in our Salah, we face the Qibla. The Qibla is the Baytullah, but the Baytullah is not the one that we're facing. We're really facing Allah, right? The objective is to face Allah, and to inter- but we do so in a manner, a structured, organized, disciplined manner, that there must be a Qibla that we stand from everywhere around that world to be able to face, face Allah Ta'ala. And that is what Allah tells us, because Allah wants us to be disciplined, organized, structured, people with vision, with understanding, that get focused at things and realize we do things collectively, not the your way or my way. Oh, no, 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 none of our ways. We do it the way Allah guides us and through the process and the method of our Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's no other way. That's it. And if it's not that, it's, it's rejected, it's of no value, it's, 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 it's of no meaning. So what is of value? What is of meaning when we do things in accordance with what, what Allah and His Rasul wants, and then there's value and greatness and glory to it, and then we become organized, we structured, we have vision, we discipline, we become meaningful, and we do, do it collectively to be able to serve the one Lord, Allah via the means of his guidance of his one Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah grant us how fortunate we are to be able to be of those people that being granted all these things. Alhamdulillah. We've seen all that, how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam did that. We said of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam performing that, that tawaf around the Kaaba all the time. Five, seven times around the Kaaba uh, constitute one tawaf. And we said the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered in when he entered in, he then opened his one soldier and, and, uh, for the males, and he, he had what we call the Rammel effect around the Kaaba, which is a, 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 a movement in such a way that you show vigor and strength and not weakness. And that you actually do that simply, because we need to understand where does it come from. It happened in the year, in the seventh year of the Hijrah. In the sixth year of the Hijrah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came to Makkah to want to perform an Umrah. As decreed by Allah, it was not meant to be for the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba, and they were sent back. But they were given the right to come back the next year. And the people of Makkah made a condition with them and said to them, they cannot come in with any uh, ammunition. So when you come into Makkah, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa accepted that because it's the house of Allah. How do anybody walk in here with ammunition? Who do you want to hurt? So they, the, Quray- the Quraysh, made the condition the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa came should come in with no ammunition because they saw the need to be able to give honor and dignity to the place. And 
and so the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam came the next year, and he came in with no, with no ammunition. And as he came in with no ammunition, which means they didn't walk in with ammunition in there. They all came in with with Hajj, with with the intention to perform the Umrah that had to be performed the day the year before, which is the scholars call the Qada Umrah. The Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam then, in that year, as they were walking towards Mecca. The unfortunate thing happened that they walked whilst in the, the, the process of the ihram. It was raining severely, and unfortunately, they all got sick on the road. We will follow on after this break, inshallah. Shukran so much for that. She, she has been doing a recap as to where we stopped yesterday, and we learned a, quite a few pointers on that note. But for now, we are going to be continuing on that the topic, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakrakhid for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Um, just before the break, we were looking at the reason for having to be able to do the, 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 the um, opening up the, 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 the arms for the, and doing the Ramal in the first reshot of the, of the Tawaf. We said the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in actual fact performing the, the Umrah, the seventh year of the Hijrah, in the replacement of the one that he was supposed to do the year before. And when the Quraysh made the conditions of the fact that he should come in with no ammunition, he intended coming in with no ammunition. And he accepted it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when he came the seventh year, um, during the course of their travel, it was raining profusely. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum got, got wet. And so as they were coming into Mecca, they were, most of them were coughing and they were cold and they were feverish. They were feeling weak. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was informed by Jibreel that when the scouts of Makkah came out to see what's happening and they saw this, they informed the leaders of Quraysh. That, and the leaders of Quraysh thought, wow, here's an opportunity. We can actually use this opportunity now. We, even though we made the agreement that we will not be fighting, but let's, let's see. If the Muslims are so weak, we can probably strike on them. And if we strike on them, we make them weak. Allah ta'ala informed the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam of their plan. Allah Ta'ala informed the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam of their plan and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was informed by Jibreel and was told by Jibreel, tell the men they must open up one of the soldiers. Now when a cold man is in fever and cold and, and feeling, you wouldn't want to do that. And, and then you're coughing and, and you... And in the, the, the Quraysh, when they, they saw the Muslims coming in with the open-up soldiers and doing the, the rumble, the first three, the shots, and, and they did this vigorous walk as if there is vigor and, and, and strength, they also demonstrated strength and ability, even if they are coughing or even cold. And then the Quraysh leaders, they made the agreement that they were going to give the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the freedom to be able to come into the city of Makkah and be alone and they were going to go out of Makkah but when they heard that the, 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 the Muslims were weak they stood at a position where they could see everything and thought to see whether they, they could really do a strike but Allah granted the Muslims to be able to go into the Ramal aspect and do this vigorous walk to show vigor and strength and the ability uh, of, of the Muslims and that's the reason why Allah wanted it, but it became a frightening effect to the Muslim, to the non-Muslims. Because so if these people are weak and it has been raining and they are sick, and this is the way they walk, and this is the vigor that they exp- express, what would be they like if they go if you go in battle with them? And then they did not affect the Muslims and they allowed them to be able to do the Umrah. And since then it became the law of Allah that for this Ummah forever we go into what we call the Ramal effect and we open up to one soldier. 
And the reason for that is simply because of having that Allah wanted to protect the Ummah of Islam. And, and, and we need to, if we know these things, it becomes much more meaningful. And so yes, this is what happened with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then we looked at the, the, the du'as that was made by the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or recommended for us to do. And then we said the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has completed all the, 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 the shout around the Kaaba. And every time he came between Safa and Marwa, he says in, between Safa and Mar- I mean, every time he came between Rukun Yamani and Hajar Asmat, he says, um, he said the words, um, ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين The Nabi used to say those words between Safa and Marwa I mean between uh, uh, Rukun Yamani and Hajr al-Aswad and then from Hajr al-Aswad the Nabi would say Bismillah Allahu Akbar and the Nabi would move on he wouldn't stand at Hajr al-Aswad because not creating a bottleneck and give the freedom for the people to have a flow of a circle that they're doing around the Kaaba and, and thus was the act of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa until the last one when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did the last process of the last shout around the Kaaba then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, um, got, got to the extent where the Nabi sallallahu alayhi then went forward to what we call Maqam Ibrahim and they, the, then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said uh, um, that mentioning the verses of Allah in the Holy Quran that we should take Maqam Ibrahim as a place of salah where we stand um, facing the Kaaba with Maqam Ibrahim in front of us and we performing the salah, the two rakat salah of the, of the tawaf. And that, that is what the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa instructed. And then thereafter the Nabi went back to the Hajr al-Aswad, greeted it again. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went to what we call the area of Safa and Marwa. And as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went to the area of Safa and Marwa, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made a statement and says, Abda'u bima bada Allah. I start with that which Allah starts with. And the words that Allah starts with, Allah starts with the word Safa. Inna Safa wal Marwata. So he says, Allah. I'm starting with what Allah starts for us in this. We then and Jabir then taught us to be able to say, Allah wa We 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 start with what Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam start with, and that is what's healthy for us. All the things that we do, we should be doing, following the obedience and guidance of Allah in the pattern and manner of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that makes us the perfect and the wonderful Muslims that will be granted the great reward for our efforts and our commitment when we are doing our act in total submission to the command of Allah in the manner of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah grant us to be of those people, Ya Rabbi, alhamdulillah. That then brought us to the end. Where, for that matter, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam went up to Safa for Safa and Marwa, and as the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam walked unto Safa and Marwa, and up till he got to to, to Safa, he said these words. He read the words of Allah in the Holy Quran: "Inna Safa wal Marwata min sha'airillah, faman hajjal bayta aw itamara, fala junaha alayhi ayyatawafa bihima, wa man tatawa khayran, fa inna Allah shakirun alim." But giving a reminder to each and every one of ourselves of our own ibadah and then thinking of what happened now we haven't gone to the extent of the historical processes of Safa and Marwa because there's quite a lot of historical processes around the Kaaba and other things that we need to do 
uh, hoping that we can get the opportunity during during those processes. But we surely know that this is the ibadah done by Sayyidatina Hajra, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa great, 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 great mother, your mother, my mother, our mother, the mother of the ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our father figure is Nabi Ibrahim and Sayyidatina Hajra, his wife, with his son Ismail. And it's our, our total ibadah of Hajj is submission to the guidance Allah has given them and that they search for and that they carried out. And may Allah grant us to be able to be worthy of that status, to follow that path, to follow the righteous way and to do what is best for us to do in, in accordance with Allah and His Rasul. And thus, we, we find the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has been on Safa, and when he got onto Safa, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faced in the, kib, the Qibla and said the words, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, taking his hands and facing to the Kaaba, facing the to the Kaaba, and, 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 and as if making what we call Taslim, you make salam towards the Kaaba with your hands. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahil hamd. Now those words are the very words that has been said there at Safa. And as we move from Safa to Marwa, right at the beginning, as you, as you go down the, 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 the level from Safa down. Now I need to say that this, that the Safa and Marwa that there is today is not exactly the same format as what it's been in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But what we need to note that there has been then a steep uh, incline from where you go from, from the bottom uh, from Mataf right up to Safa. A very steep incline. And obviously which means then if you come down it's a steep, steep decline onto the process when we get to the green mark. So when you get to the green mark between the two green marks and in the, the, the traveling of Safa and Marwa, there is where you actually do the Ramal again, right? Where the Ramal is recommended, the Ramal. Now the reason for the Ramal this time, the Ramal for the first time have we explained, but the Ramal this time is because Sayyidatina Hajara, when she got to the straight on the straight form, not on the incline or decline, when she was going on the uh, on the street and she was very near the baby, she wanted to run away because she didn't want the baby to see her because it's, and and it affects her her pain to want to be with the baby because she didn't have anything to eat. She was dry. There was no milk for her to give. There was no food. There was no light, and she was seeking for something to eat. And they then got out of the way of the child. And then during that period when she was on the street and not on the incline or decline was the moment when she actually did the running and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did exactly as his mother Hajara radiallahu anha what she did he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did exactly now this is what Allah has granted the ummah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it wasn't something done with by people other than that and from there, the, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did the, the, so he came down from, from Safa, walking down, and as he walked down, he said the words, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. He said that three times until he came to the words, 
Allahu Akbar kabira walhamdulillahi kathira wa subhanallah bukrata wa asida and that collects or constitute what we would call today the takbir at the time when we do the slaughtering and or when we do the day of Eid Eidul Adha. Shukran so much for that. Sheikh, I'll hand back over to Sheikh to continue, inshallah. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that, Yasmina. Just before the break, we were busy with the, the, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being on Safa and moving from Safa to Marwa. Now, we, we said the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after having read the words, Inna Safa wal Marwa tamin sha'airillah, faman hajj al bayta wa i'tamara falajuna ha'alayhi ayyatawa fabihima. After having said those words and having to greet the, the Kaaba, facing the Kaaba, the Nabi said the words as he was going down from Safa, saying the words, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Now, those words is what we call nowadays the takbir, or the takbir that we actually read. It's exactly the words that we read, do the takbir on Eid day, which we say, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Exactly those words. So, uh, the difference is the way we put it in melody, and here is Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So whether you put it in melody or not in melody, as long as you know what you're saying and doing it purposefully with understanding, and doing to the best of your ability with what you're saying, may Allah accept and grant khair and barakah to our hujaj. But yet the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said this three times, like what we do when we do the takbir three times. And then after that the Nabi says, Allahu Akbar kabira walhamdulillah kathira. Exactly the same. When we say Allahu Akbar Kabira Walhamdulillah Hamdan Kathira Exactly the same words. This is what the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. So he said those words and then and he read the takbir uh, uh, completely until he got to the place where we, which we call between the two the green uh, the, uh, the, the, the green lights and that is on Safa between Safa and Marwa, very near to Safa. And when you get there, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi stopped those words and went to carry on in the, 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 the what we call the Ramal between Safa and Marwa. And the words the Nabi says, uh, says uh, when he went, he says, Rabbi ghfir warham wa'fu wa takarram wa tajawaz amma ta'lam. Those are good words to say whilst running between, or whilst actually putting that um, vigorous walk between Saf and Warwa. It's not a running process. We're not supposed to be running, and it's not supposed to be fast. It's supposed to be to show that vigor and that movement of the body moving between Safa and Marwa. And thus the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Rabbi ghfir, O oh my Lord, forgive. Warham and be merciful. Wa'fu pardon. Watakarram and give honor and dignity. Watajawaz amma ta'lam. See in and pardon and over. Look, don't look at the details, but look over things. Wa'fu watakarram. Watajawaz amma ta'lam. Of what you know of our weaknesses, Allah pardon us for that. وتجاوز أما تعلم إنك تعلم ما لا نعلم You know much more than whatever we know And you know all the things that we know not إنك تعلم ما لا نعلم إنك أنت الله You are Allah الأعز The most powerful The most mighty الأكرم The person who has got all status and all position يا رب May Allah grant خير and barakah 
And so we're giving this praise and honor to Allah there in between Safar and Marwan. These are the words that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has recommended in that state. And we said the reason is because Sayyidatina Hajra has been doing this run and Allah made it a sunnah of everybody of the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to reminisce the greatness of the position of our, our mother, the mother of Sayyidina Ismail. And she is our mother and we are proud of her. And she's the one who has nurtured the Ummah of Muhammad in understanding that you will not achieve anything unless it's to do with commitment, dedication. And when you're in the challenge, you don't cry, you don't make an issue, you don't make a noise, you don't say but and and, you say Ya Rabb, this, that, you call unto Allah. She's taught us that, she's shown us that. And this is what the Nabi then taught to us. So you and I cannot go in life and not go in the Hajj. It's not difficult. It's Absolutely easy. All the difficulties, that's the ease of making our hajj. Hajj makbuna mabroor. But we, if we do it with vision and understanding, and we know what we're doing, and we're doing it for that purpose, then Allah grants us khair and barakah. And then Allah, and then Allah grants us the situation from there onwards. When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in the time of Sayyidatina Hajra, it was a uh, what we call a steep decline from Safa and then an incline that was gradual to Marwa. This, and you see the, from where the, we stopped at the Rommel, it is a lengthy, uh, it's a lengthy walk, or the, the distance is much more longer, and there was an incline. Today there's no incline or decline, it's almost a straight walk, and we're walking on marble. Those days, say that in Nahajra had to, to, to run on the warm, desert sand amongst the desert rocks that was peeping out out of the sand black rocks that can burn and can break and can harm you right and so you can un obviously understand how much we need to be appreciated and not that's nothing we're not walking on marble only and the the, the uh, whilst walking in so between Safa and Marwa in the hot weather today they have the air conditioners playing over you and you have the zam zam that you can actually walk to free the ice cold, masha Allah, and you can drink whilst you're in that. How fortunate are we? Do we have to complain? Is it, is it such a necessity? A necessity for everything we complain, but, 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 in the Arab, any means, any Please become human. Please understand that you are a human being like everybody else. And it's your duty that Allah has chosen you to be among the millions. And you need to be able to enjoy the fact that you've been kicked and pushed and been hugged and, and, and moved by your Muslim brothers from everywhere around the world. And be proud that you're a Muslim. Come to your senses, come to realize that you are Muslim and Allah's challenging you to meet up with us. Embrace it. Embrace it as the Hujaj. So that Allah can grant you that Hajj Makbul Mabarur. May Allah forgive us all for our shortcomings. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And continuing on this beautiful topic of uh, Hajj being the Hajj of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and also Sheikh giving us explanation as to how easy we have at these times. Looking at how uh, Sidna Hajra had to run between Safar and Marwa. But for now, we continue, Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah for that and Alhamdulillah, as we indicated, that the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam went up to Safar. And did what we ex uh, mentioned, what the Nabi did, and the, the Adhkar and the Nabi did. And then, as the Nabi left from, from between the two green pillars, and he moved on, or the green lights that is between Safa, in Safa and Marwa, 
and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam moved on, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then went into dhikrullah, remembrance of Allah. And Allah says, فَمَنْ تَتَوَعْفَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ Allah is, whosoever does righteousness and good in between Safa and Marwa, and Allah is knowing very well and, and Allah is aware of what you're doing, but Allah also appreciate Allah is very much appreciative of our things that we are doing in making connection with Allah, giving Allah the honor and the dignity and doing whatever we can doing between Safa and Marwa. So it's a walk, but a walk with with cognizances of who we are, cognizances of our weaknesses and of our shortcomings, and that we lack so much and we, we misunderstand a great amount, and we, we do not really live through Islam, and that we, 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 we need to have all these cognizances whilst walking there, and we need to admit ourselves to Allah, and beg Allah to grant us to have the ability, the vision, and realize that we cannot be the righteous Muslims that we ought to be without the assistance and help of Allah, and we show and we ask, and we beg Allah, please grant us that and we say to Allah thus Allah says whatever whatever you do of admission and do it Allah is appreciative of the fact that you and I can come to our senses and can to want to have the help and the assistance and here as we said before Makkah doesn't change anybody Makkah is not meant to be able to change a person from who we are to where we need to be but if a person uses it with intention to be righteous and good and recognize and does it sincerely for the sake of Allah don't make promises in Makkah and when he turns back he is living the opposite of that oh no Allah's aware of all of that Allah's aware when you and I are using the opportunities and we're giving false impressions and we come back to Cape Town and we think nothing of what we've done it's supposed to be a, such an, an impact in our life an impact in our li- in our lifestyle an impact in the homes and that we need, live in an impact on how we come back to live as true Muslims Realizing that it must be an impact on me being the slave of Allah and I need to be a slave of Allah not that when I'm at Hajj I need to be a better slave the day when I return and if I do it with that intention subhanak then whatever du'as I make Makkah can improve me Makkah can change me if my commitment my dedication and my niyyah is pure and sincere and I recognize who I am and I realize who I am and I admit it to myself with the intention to say to myself oh Allah grant me to bring the necessary change on me to be a better Muslim a better slave of you a better child to my parents a better parent to my own children a better partner to my partner a better person in the community that I am and can that I can be of benefit for myself and for everybody around me that is supposed to be what we supposed to be getting from Makkah and so Makkah can Makkah has the capacity if the person is sincere dedicated and don't make a lot of false messages and intentions and things now the billah and I'm not saying that we are false I'm saying we need to be pure we need to recognize we don't say things because what we see is many people go to Makkah but many people come back and they come to live exactly as they've been and this is not the purpose for Hajj who are we impressing who are we sitting in? and that's I said 
with no disrespect, and I'm not here trying to be able to undermine anybody. We want the best for all Khujaj. We want him to be able to obtain Hajj Magbun and Mabarur. But it's hard work. It means a tremendous amount of load and capacity and being total focused. And choose your friends. And don't have everybody to do just everything to corrupt and destroy you because Shaitan is using everybody. Just be selective of who are the people that's going to be with the same mindset in the righteous path and wanting to achieve. May Allah grant our Khujaj the best, inshaAllah. And so as we said, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the path of Safa and Marwa repeated what he did on Safa, what he did, what he did on Safa, he repeated that on Marwa again, deciding as he go up to, 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 to Marwa, he says, Inna Safa wal Marwa tamin This was the sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He read it until he got to the top. And when he got to the top, he said again, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, walillahi alhamd. He faced the, the Hajr al-Aswat. He faced the, the, the direction of the, the Qibla, the Kaaba. And he said, he raises his hand and says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, three times. And then he read the takbir, the, as he walked on Safan Marwa, he did what we call the takbir. He read the takbir until he got to a position where he felt that he has uh, the, then said sufficient of the takbir and then added so as again to be able to add, add of any form of presentation of himself to Allah. The begging, the pleading, the cre- he admitted to Allah exactly who he is. He told Allah he's a weak slave. He came from far with a pure intention to be able to bring change on himself. Subhanak. This is our Nabi. What about you and me? What about us? What about us who are so very, very weak? I'm the weakest of all of us here. Subhanak. And I'm not saying this because I'm undermining anybody. I want you to reflect on who you need to be. And if our Nabi could say, I'm weak, what about you and me? If our Nabi could say, Astaghfirullah, what about you and me? If he could say those words with sincerity, 70 to 100 times every day, what about you and me? Who is probably not worthy even uh, uh, anything that, that, that we think that we are? Na'udhu Billah, Subhanak, may Allah protect all of us. This is the Prophet who was sent to guide you and me so that you and I can reach to high levels, so that we can improve, so that we can change, so that we can become meaningful, so that we can be of benefit to ourselves first and foremost, and we can have an impact of benefit of others through the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa This is what Allah has taught us, or given us. We are fortunate with this. May Allah grant our hajj to become makbun and mabrur. And that we realize the series. This is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. When the Nabi came Sallallahu Alaihi again to the green pillars uh, on the route, the Nabi Sallallahu between Safa and Marwa, again he says, um, um, again he read the words as, as, as what he read when he was coming up. And he said, رَبِّ اغْفِرْ وَرْحَمْ وَعْفُ وَتَكَرَّمْ وَتَجَاوِسْ عَمَّا تَعْلَمْ إِنَّكَ تَعْلَمُ مَا لَا نَعْلَمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ اللَّهَ الْأَعَزُّ الْأَكْرَمْ And then the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam moved from there after Safa and again and again the same words إِنَّ الصَّفَى وَالْمَرْوَةَ مِنْ شَعَائِرِ اللَّهِ Until the Nabi came to the top, greeted the Kaaba again, Bismillahi Allahu Akbar and then read the Takbir three times again until the Nabi descended, and this happened then between every shout of Safa and Marwa. So as the Nabi did on Safa, he did on Marwa, and as he did it between Safa and Marwa, up he did it down, and and this happened to be the norm ibadah between Safa and, 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 and Marwa, Marwa that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did in the advice and guidance of Jabir ibn Abdullah, and 
The Nabi Sallallahu did this until the Nabi Sallallahu came to Marwa the last time. This, the show between Safa and Marwa is called one, and then from Marwa to Safa is called two, then from Safa to Marwa is three, from Marwa to Safa is four, from Safa to Marwa is five, and then from Marwa to Safa is six, and from Safa again to Marwa is the last one, is the seventh one, seventh one, and that is the ending until where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ended with a Shukran so much for that Sheikh For now we are now going to be continuing on Where we stopped just before the ad break Sheikh Tafatul Shukran Jazakallah khair for that Auntie Yasmina uh, Just before the break we came up to the moment Where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Completed the, the side between Safa and Marwa And came up to the last part Where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Did the last shout of Safa and Marwa And we read out the seven ones for you And the seventh one was the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Upon when the Nabi Sallallahu came upon Sarwa, he did the same as he did as, 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 as Marwa, as Safa. Uh, the Nabi did exactly the same. When it was his last circuit to, to Al-Marwa, he said, Had I known before what I know now, I would have not brought my sacrificial animals with me. And I would have made it an Umrah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhu was all amazed with this. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, had I know now, had I know then what I know now, then was what? Had I know then when I left Medina, and when I prepared myself for that, and I entered into Ihram, had I known then what I know now, I would not have brought about my sacrificial animals, and I would have made it a Umrah, which means I would have made it a normal Umrah, but I didn't know that. I didn't know better. As a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa it is only now that I've been informed by Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam to be able to, for me to be able to do and make my decision. I made it my intention to do the Hajj as per what Allah's command is for me, your messenger. And I told you to do everything in accordance with what I'm doing it. But let's, let's look at what the Nabi says here. He says, had I known then when I left Medina, I would not have brought to get, because it was commonly known, you can only go in the Hajj season you can go for hajj you don't go for hajj and umrah or if you do you'll have to pay you have to pay you your penalty but here is for the first time given as we said given as a gift to this ummah for the first time in history and allah opens up the door to grant us the issue of it wasn't known to humanity to ever not even known to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam prior to then and thus he says had I known then when I left and I had known that there is something like tamattu that you and I are enjoying then I would have not brought about and I've come in and I've performed my hajj with the intention of starting off with an umrah and then come out of the ihram and then enjoy the tamattu period uh, process and then I would have for that matter I've gone in and so the Nabi says had I known then I would have not brought and, and I would have made it an Umrah however of you does whoever of you does not have a sacrifice an animal with him should leave the inviolable state should leave the state of Ihram of the pilgrimage and make it an Umrah and he should make it, which means the person would come out of the Ihram he then has got to cut the hair and Marwa he got and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked by a sahabi, Suraka ibn Malik, he asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his students said, O Messenger of Allah, is this just for, for this year of ours or forever? 
that what you said that because we know that it is uh, yeah, is this a gift that Allah has given us to only for the time of your your Hajj oh Ya Rasulullah or is this forever? And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at him and intertwined his fingers into one another and said Verily the Umrah shall be combined with Hajj until the day of resurrection, until Yawm al Qiyamah. He said that twice. And he said, No, but forever, forever. Allahu Akbar, it is, it is not for now, it is not for the moment, it's not for the Hajj of myself with you people, but it's until Yawm al Qiyamah. It's a gift granted not to me and to you only, but for me and for everybody in this Ummah of mine. Ya Rabb, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali wa sahabi wa barik wa sallim. May Allah grant us to be worthy of that status and gift that Allah grants us. And so the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us the process of understanding the tamattu' through the process of not even he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew the issue of tamattu' and Allah revealed it then. That the details of that tamattu' is Jibreel telling the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at, at Marwa, now tell them that they must, but you... You, whoever, your animals here, you brought the animal with on your journey, then you need to stay in the haram. So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa stayed in the haram. And then the Nabi says, whosoever did not bring about an animal to slaughter, he must leave the state of ihram. He must enjoy it in the state of tamattu'ah. Even though an animal must be slaughtered later on for him. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, but whosoever has got an animal here, must stay in the state of Ihram and so the Nabi Sallallahu stayed in the state of Ihram and one other Sahabi indicated that he has an animal that he's brought and as an elderly person he has brought an animal with him and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he was the only two people in Ihram and everybody, everybody other that came with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on this journey that met up with him inside Mecca that came from everywhere to be able to perform the Hajj with the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when they then reached at that point and they uh, each day with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and completed the 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 the, 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 the sigh then, and then they had to leave the state of ihram right all of them all of them and it's noted that there has been on hajj with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a hundred and twenty four thousand plus minus of people that came to perform the hajj with the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahu Akbar so as we said only the two of them was this, the, 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 this. and then Ali radiallahu an then came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa came from Yemen. Now, Ali was sent to Yemen prior to the, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left from Medina, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Ali, Ali, you go off to Yemen. And at Yemen there, there's, there's more sheep there in Yemen, and you can buy sheep there and bring the sheep up, so that we can have the sheep for us to be able to slaughter on, on the Hajj. And then Ali went off with his with his horse and he rode down to Yemen and he got some uh, with the sacrificial animals of what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi asked for. When he got into Mecca, he found that his wife Fatima radiallahu anha, the daughter of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, had left the inviolable status, left the state of Ihram. And put on some dyed clothing. She's left. Uh, she has ordinary clothing, coloring clothing, and applied kohal to her, her eyes. And this wasn't commonly known to them. When you're in the state of Ihram, you don't put on extra beauties, and and you 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 have a sense of simplicity. And Ali radiallahu and he said he objected to his wife. 
she said to him, It was my father, the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who ordered me to do this. Ali used to say in Iraq, I went to the Messenger of Allah, showing annoyance with Fatima for what she had done and asked the Messenger of Allah about what she has said, that she has stated to be from him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I told him that I had objected to that. He replied, she has told the truth. She has told the truth. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped just before the outbreak, inshallah. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakallah khair for that, Andi Yasmina. Just before the outbreak, we told, uh, told you about what happened with Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an and his annoyance that he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi when he saw his wife. And, and especially when he knew that in the state of Ihram you're supposed to show certain processes and he was uh, affected and he, and, and he then told Fatima and then Fatima told him that my father told us this he went to the Nabi Sallallahu and he showed the Nabi Sallallahu that he was not happy what was happening and he made sure it was it as such and he told the world then thereafter and Nabi Sallallahu said to him uh, uh, said, uh, that, 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 that is the truth that what she has told you she has told you and then the Nabi said to him, What did you say as your intention when you began your Hajj? So Ali then replied and he said, I replied to the Nabi, Oh Allah, I entered the state of Ihram with the same intention as your Prophet Muhammad. Then the Nabi replied to him, I have with me sacrificial animals. So do not leave the state of Ihram, Ali. The Nabi said to Ali, do not leave the state of Ihram because you brought the sacrificial animals for us and you brought it with you. So please stay in this. So it was only Sayyidina Ali and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and then one elderly person that was in the state of Ihram and everybody else was out of the state of Ihram which Allah wanted us to learn the lesson and the new lesson that Allah wanted to give and thus Allah didn't inform the Nabi sallallahu ahead of time and Allah only informed the Nabi sallallahu at Marwa so that they can know what to do and thus the Ummah then was given the exposure of this new lesson of what is known to be Tamattu'ah and this collectively what has happened with the Nabi as, as, at Marwa and what has happened with Sayyidina Ali and his wife Fatima becomes the lesson for us to understand, to see the greatness of how Allah allows us to understand the great things and how Allah wants to expose us to his messages and his mercies and his rahmat that he has on the Ummah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all of us can can we imagine how much how much must we be people people of appreciation and how much must we show Allah that we appreciate these great favors of Allah May the grandest people of appreciation and recognition to the extent of how this has happened and how the state of and that's my words at the beginning when I we did the Hajj of the Nabi, of Allah in the Holy Quran and we got to the words of Allah when Allah said. And, and when you're in a, in a moment of safety and you can perform the hajj in the state of tamattu' فَمَنْ تَمَتَّعَ بِالْأُمْرَةِ إِلَى الْحَجِّ And then we said that the understanding of tamattu' is not possible unless you understand ifrad and kiran. And we gave you some understanding there. And now that come to clarity, it, this, all this comes to clear that and make you that understanding as to how do we understand as, as ifrad and kiran and how tamattu' comes in, in as a gift to this Jabir radiallahu anhum then continued and told, the, he said the total number of the sacrificial animals that was brought by Ali radiallahu anhum. 
from Yemen and of those brought by the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the collection of 100 sheep altogether. Then all the people except the messenger of Allah and those who had sacrificial animals with them left the inviolable state and had their hair trimmed, which means the hair was cut on Marwa. It was trimmed on Marwa and the, the cutting of the hair on Marwa was showing that it was coming out of the state of Ihram, which means the tamattu, that enjoyment that Allah grants was in the state of Ihram. As if in the state of Ihram, Allah granted this ummah the status of having to join to enjoy that status when it was the day of tarwiyah the eighth day of the hijjah the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam told the sahaba radiallahu anhum to enter into the state of ihram again they then went to mina and re-entered the, the, the state of ihram for the hajj the messenger of allah ta'ala rode to mina and led them in the noon salah, the dhur salah, and the asr salah, and the maghrib salah, and the isha salah, and the fajr salah. He then waited for a little while until the sun rose and left Mina and ordered and commanded the Sahaba to go off to, to Arafah and pitch a tent for him at the area called Namira in Arafah. And the, or today where Namira is, Majid Namira is, this way, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam ordered the Sahaba to be able to pitch a tent for him, a fur tent that was pitched there for the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the place called Namira or Masjid Namira today. And this way, the Nabi sallallahu alaihi went. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam then set out, um, and the Quraysh was certain that he sallallahu alaihi wasallam would halt at Mashar al-Haram. Uh, as the Quraysh would do in the pre-Islamic days. However, the Nabi Sallallahu went straight right past it and drove until he arrived at Arafah where he found a tent had been set up for him at Masjid al-Namira. He stayed there until the afternoon to, and actually the Nabi Sallallahu went into the tent and stayed in the tent and took rest in the tent. The Nabi went to rest actually went to, uh, to relax and sleep and rest at the tent, right? And then there until afternoon prayer. Until the minutes, not long before Dhuhr, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam he then asked for the for his she-camel to be brought and he asked him to bring him wudu, water for wudu, the wadu, and he made wudu and he prepared himself and he got into the camel and he came to the bottom of the valley and he addressed the people. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam then made what we call the famous khutbah on Arafah. And the Nabi addressed the people. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to them to listen to the message. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. However, Sheikh, we have received a question that has come through. And it says here on our WhatsApp, it says, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Please give some clarity. If a spouse promises you that he or she is going to take you for Umrah, can that person break that promise and say that he's, uh, the wife or the husband must pay for their own ticket and the expenses and expect that the family must come out when they return from Mecca with catering of food and cake? If uh, um, a person has made a promise according to Islam, then that promise must be at power hold. Now, uh, um, if you made an offer to your partner, 
male or female, and you say, I'm going to take you on Umrah. You'd rather not say those words than having to say those words and be kept responsible. But if a person says, I wish to take you on Umrah the day Allah grants me it, then you, the partner, must also have the necessary sabr and not the commitment say, If he doesn't have it, he can. Allah is the one that gives him rizik or her rizik. If you've made the promise, inshallah, my wish and desire is to take you on, on Hajj and Umrah, then you, you must see that you work towards having that day. That, but if Allah don't send the rizik, then we mustn't also be uh, that impatient. Dependent Allah, Allah is the one that's going to give. You help him cry to Allah and beg to Allah, show your commitment. And because it's not him taking you, it's you going for the sake of Allah. And he is actually just helping you in the financial side of that. So you've got to be spiritually, physically, mentally, with information and knowledge prepared. Because it's not a go and make a crane and excitement on a holiday. No. Hajj and Umrah's ibadah, hard work, dedication. And so even sometimes we dream of making a samfat. You also need to prepare their minds. If you enter them into the state of haram, you need to realize how serious you're doing them. You're putting them on a very high state. And if they are going to make errors and faults, then you're going to be blamed, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. You're the parent. And if they violate anything in the haram, then you're going to be kept responsible by Allah for doing this. So don't just take the children because you take them. It's not a holiday. You cannot just take your children and 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 It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's not a picnic. It's not a walk in the park. And it's simply beats to honey. It's not playing games. It's not playing a football game or a rugby game or a cricket game. No, it's not games. It's an ibadah of a very, very high standard, of the highest standard. So you, the person who wants to take your children, you yourself must be of very high standard. And your insight and your knowledge and your understanding and your spirituality must be very high. And you must be able to guide them along. So we must be able to recognize this is not an ordinary ibadah. This is a serious ibadah. And make the best of it from all sides, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. However, we have not received uh, further more questions. We've got about, we can say, two minutes left before we actually, three minutes before we actually break in terms of heading over to Asr. So, inshallah, yeah, I think Sheikh can maybe uh, speak about uh, the excursion that took uh, place. Uh, Alhamdulillah. I just want to mention about the excursion that we had on the weekend that passed. I want to say shukran to Allah, to the first and foremost for granted us the beautiful weather, the weather we had and having to be able to, under the processes that the probably could rain and this and alhamdulillah, we, we went through rain through the weekend but at the same time we could p- do whatever we have planned and we thank Allah for that and alhamdulillah, the cooperation of the community, the people who participated in it, it was really wonderful, it's one of those most uncomfortable or comfortable, successful excursions that I've gone through with people and I thank Allah till we could actually help ourselves asking Allah to grant us more successes to be able to find success in the future inshallah we do not have the luxury for all for the time right now we wish to be able to do that tomorrow hoping that we can actually get our community to participate um, I think uh, 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 one of our participants that has been especially the people from Voice of the Cape who participated was Auntie Zurina she and some other of the presenters or some of the people other um, of the public uh, would want to be able to give you some input as to what they've experienced and what how it can be of benefit for the future generations inshallah shukran jazakallah khair for that one um, and Yasmina we hereby now make dua make the final dua if I can ask the public to be able to make the final dua let us recite surat al-asr together a'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal-asr 
Innal insana lafi husr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu s-salihat wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bi sabr wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa barik wa sallim subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin that then in concludes our madrasan a program shukran so much to everyone participated in the program and also to those of you who were listening we shukran for that tomorrow is another day inshallah we will be top picking up the topic again and we are still in our subheading being hajj of the nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so be sure to tune in tomorrow inshallah same time same place with the same presenter and then as well as with sheikh ibrahim abrams i hope that it has benefited you and for those of you who have not been on hajj may allah grant all of us to attend inshallah as well as uh, those of you who want hajj then how fortunate you were to be there and to reminisce with us